So I want us to look at this. Why am I in, in 2016 uh, to, to a group of Christians that love Jesus but live in a very uh, pressure-packed real world of raising families, paying bills, going to work, paying for weddings, sending kids to college, uh, you know, cutting the grass and, 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 and making your job work and your marriage work. Pastor, do we really need to talk about the supernatural power of God? Let's leave that to the apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers and missionaries. And let's talk about that on Sunday. But come on, I need something that's going to make my life work on Monday through Friday. I, do, do we really, really need this supernatural stuff? I mean, it wasn't that just to start the church or isn't that just for the guys we read about in the book of Acts? I mean, I'm a real husband. I'm a real wife. I'm, I'm a real young adult. I, I need life to work. Do I need to understand the power of the supernatural? My friend, if you want to live a Christian life, if you want to understand what it really means to be a born-again believer, then yes, you do. Every one of us need to understand the supernatural power of God. We need to understand why that's necessary and, and, and how God does this in our life. Let me give you two things. I, uh, that why, 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 why? We need to understand the power of the supernatural. First of all, it is God's design for the church. The supernatural power of God is not an add-on. How many heard what I'm saying? It's not an upgrade. It's not like you got, you know, like you go to, uh, to, to the drive-in hamburger joint. And, 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 you, and, you know, you go in. I don't know if they do this anymore because, uh, you know, that, that you can't eat too much of that stuff. It's not good for you. Okay. But you pull up and, and you order, you know, I want a number one combo. And, they, and somebody on the inside said, would you like to supersize that? Huh? Okay. Or you go to the car wash and, and what brought you in and you look into that dirty windshield was that $6 car wash. Come on, you got me? And you wheel in there and you pull up to pay for it and there's a 6 and a 10 and a 12 and a 15 and by the time you read that, that 6 looks pretty bad. So do you want an upgrade? You understand what I'm saying? And I think a lot of Christians feel like the anointing of the Holy Spirit is a supersize or an upgrade. I'm just going to take the get me through the week model. I just want enough Jesus to punch my heaven card when I die. Listen, I don't want to get crazy about this. I, I just want to get through to the end of the week. Come on. This isn't an upgrade. This is the design. This is the design. This is what God said in, in Acts chapter 1. Familiar passages, but I want you to connect this to your daily life. We, we know that as Jesus died on the cross and was raised from the dead, And all the four Gospels end with him doing what we call the Great Commission. He said, you are to go into all the world and preach the Gospel to every creature. He said, that's not an option. That's who we are. I want you to get this. So the job assignment for the church is that everyone in this world needs to know who Jesus is. In our various giftings and talents and part of this, we make this happen. I, I wish I had more time, but we illustrate that with Joel today. I mean, we couldn't go, but he could. But he couldn't go if we had not sent him. You understand that? And so this, this call to preach the gospel, and what we're even doing this summer, is, is we're saying, you know, we're to send the gospel to Zambia, but we're also to send the gospel across the street. Huh? We're, we're, I'm supposed to walk across the hall at work. I'm supposed to come around the cubicle at work. I'm supposed to understand that I'm on this planet 
not just for what I'm going to get, not just for my salvation, but, but I'm here to see this whole world hear the good news, all right? So that's what he said. He said, I have come, I've lived a sinless life, I was born of a virgin, my deity was wrapped in humanity, I never stopped being God, but, but I humbled myself to become your Savior. And, and three days later, I was raised from the dead, he says, now all authority in heaven on earth is given to me. Go preach the gospel. But we read here, I want you to see, this is the design. The supernatural power of God is the design of how you and I are to live. Because he tells him in Acts 1 verse 4, after saying again and again and again, we go to all the world and preach the gospel. The last command he gives them, Acts 1 4, on one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem to go tell the world. But wait for the gift my Father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He said, you cannot fulfill the design of God for the church until He puts some super on your natural. We can't do this in ourselves. We we can't accomplish this. So He said, you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Verse 6, so when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? They're, you know, they're natural, natural, natural. Okay, good. So, so you're going to throw those nasty Romans out of, out of Israel and, and we're going to have a, a Jewish leader back on the throne, right? Wrong. He says, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father is set by His own authority. See, we, here, here, come on, you gotta get this, guys. We, we begin to read and think about the kingdom of God, and our first reaction is just like the disciples. What are you gonna do right here, right now? I don't need supernatural, I just need lunch tomorrow. Huh? I, I, I don't need anointing, I, I, I just need, I just need a little boost to get through today. I'm just trying to get to the coffee break. I'm not worried about, see? He said, you guys are asking the wrong questions. But he said this, but you will receive power, dunamis, the supernatural power of God when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses. Do you understand this, guys? Power came before witness in this verse. Unless there's something in us and flowing through us that is greater than us, we'll never be a witness of Jesus. Because Jesus was not just a natural man. He was a man wrapped in humanity but filled with deity. Do you understand that? And you and I will never be a witness of Jesus until the supernatural power of God is operating through our lives. Every one of us. What's our whole goal? Our prayers at Calvary is that the supernatural power of God is not an event. It becomes a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. The truth of Scripture Forget your doctrine and denomination and where we've come or going or been. Is this, is that he never called us a witness until he first said you've been empowered. We can never represent. That's what the word represent. We're here to represent Christ. That word literally means to represent him. I'm not a representative of Christ unless I'm representing Christ. See that? See See this? So he said, you'll receive power when... The Holy Spirit comes on you. And then you'll be my witnesses. In Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. The design of God for His church is to be supernaturally empowered. Do we understand that? Why do we need to understand the supernatural power of God? That's His design. To settle for less than that 
is for me to say, I can design something better than you can. To settle less than that is for me to say, God, I know what you said it's supposed to be, but come on, let's just do it this way. It's his design. It's his design. He's the architect of the church. He gave us a blueprint. For me to try to do it any other way is saying to him, I can draw this plan better than you can. See, when we build buildings, you've got somebody called an architect and a contractor. And they have to agree. And, and, and when the architect draws the plans, the owner agrees with the plan. And then it is the contractor's responsibility to build the building exactly like the architect drew it. And they have meetings periodically throughout the construction of the building to make sure that the contractor is building what the architect drew on the plan. And if he's not drawing what the architect drew on the plan, he's in trouble. He can be sued. He can lose his job. You can boot him off and get somebody who can read the blueprint. And it is the right of God, the architect of the church, to look at his church and demand that we live according to the blueprints that he drew for us and say that we understand that we cannot be the church you designed until we receive the power that you've stated to us. Everybody with me on this thing? Listen, this world doesn't need to see more of us. It needs to see more of Him. Everybody with me on that? So, so that's the design of the church. I want you to go to Ephesians chapter 6 very quickly with me. That's the design. And, and I don't know how I'm going to get the rest of this message to you. Um, I, I Thank God for next Sunday. Come on, everybody say, thank God for next Sunday. <laughs> Because I'm still working on my introduction right now. But I want you to get this. It's so important we understand this. So it is the design of the church to operate with the supernatural power of God. That's the design. Do we understand that? Everybody get that? So, so here's the second thing I want to say. Why do we need to understand the supernatural power of God? Because it's not only His design for the church... The world we live in demands it. It demands it. I want you to understand this. There's a demand. That if we do not operate in our daily lives, in our corporate coming together, with the supernatural power of God, we will not be able to meet the demand that's being placed on us. Pastor, what do you mean? Well, look look at Ephesians 6 and verse 10. Again, these are familiar passages, but do we understand them in their setting? And and Why? Ephesians 6.10, finally, be strong how? In the Lord and in His mighty power. Do, do, you, do we see? So the demand in the world that we're living in is that our strength cannot be natural strength. Gentlemen, you men in our recovery program, the Lawrence County Dream Center, you will not by nature overcome an addiction. Do you understand that? You can't do that. Natural strength will not overcome an addiction. The ladies in our recovery program will not naturally overcome an addiction. Listen to me. You may not be in... You know the honest truth? Let me say it this way. The honest truth, the reason I talk openly about our recovery ministries here, because there's nothing to be ashamed of. It's not a category. I want you to listen to me. I want you to listen to me very clearly. Every person sitting in this room listening to me on live stream, listening to this podcast, watching me on television, every single 
person listening to me is in a recovery ministry right now. Everyone in this room, including me, what do you mean? Because the Bible said we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And this nasty world has ripped us off and robbed us and bound us. And if you don't think you need some power to get out, you're the blindest guy in the house. You know, the only person God can't save is a satisfied sinner. You know, the only person that can't be filled with the Holy Spirit, a person who thinks they've already arrived. Maybe we need to stop eating candy and leave some room for the Holy Spirit to come throw us some steak in the kingdom of God. Maybe we come to church so full of the crud of this earth that we got no room for God to do anything. And maybe our appetite has changed so much that we don't even have a taste for the real anymore. But God is waking up His church. And releasing His power and creating a hunger and a humility that says, God, I refuse to live my life apart from Your design for what You put this church on the earth to be. Everybody with me? So the design and the demand, finally be strong in the Lord, in His power. Verse 11, put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand. See the demand, here's the demand. The battle... The essence, the victory of your life is not a physical battle. The root of it is this. Take my stand against what? He didn't say against your wife or your husband, against your parents, against your mean boss, against your lazy employees, against your loud neighbor. Huh? All the things we think. What, what, what's my problem? He says take your stand against the devil's scheme. We got Christians going into a gunfight with a butter knife. It's a spiritual battle. The demand is supernatural. The devil schemes for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers. These are terms talking about demonic principalities. The rulers, the authorities, the powers of this dark world. And against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms, in the spirit dimension. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may, may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand, stand in the power of the Lord. Do you see the supernatural power of God is not an option. It's the design of God and it's the demand of the life we live. It's the demand. It will never, we will never be able to be and do everything God would have us to be and do until we begin to walk in this thing. See, that's why first I taught about faith. What is faith? Faith is the starting point to walk in the supernatural. Faith is the legal entrance into the supernatural. See, the, the purpose of faith is to connect me in this natural realm I'm in with the supernatural ability of God. Faith says, God, I don't have to see it, feel it, taste it, touch it. I read it in your word. And if you said it, I believe it. We're, we're, we're here. I'm going to take my stand. I realize I'm not wrestling with people. I'm wrestling with spiritual forces. And God, by faith, I ask you to bring your supernatural presence in my life. To bring the anointing 
of the Holy Spirit. You heard it. What is the anointing of the Holy Spirit? The anointing of the Holy Spirit is God doing His work through humanity. What is the anointing of the Holy Spirit? It is the ability God gives the believer to fulfill His, her purpose on this planet. See, this is it. The, the, the law of faith, and, and I'm going to have to stop here. The law of faith, operate, or faith operates by the law of expectation. Expectation. What, see, operates. What causes my faith in God to go into motion is when I have an expectation. God, I, I, I'm walking in a very real natural world. Faith does not deny reality. Come on, guys. We don't need a bunch of super spiritual people walking around who can't get anything done on this planet. But faith says, oh, I see this and I recognize that. And I'm fully aware of, uh, of what's going on. But I also have an expectation that God is bigger than this. That God has the last word. And, 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 and instead of fighting it all here and, and trying to hammer it out on, on this natural level, faith has an expectation. I, 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 and my expectation says God's with me. And that causes faith to begin to work. And, and see, here's the last thing I want to say. And I'll build on this next week. Is that faith works by the law of expectation. But the anointing, listen, the anointing of the Holy Spirit operates by the law of demand and supply. What does that mean, Pastor? Well, God is God and He's faithful and the power of the Holy Spirit is living in us huh, and available to us. But if we never put a demand on it, it's never supplied. See, what happens, listen, is that we begin to live a life with no expectation of God showing up. Of no expectation of God do anything beyond our power. We begin to come to church and have no expectation that God's going to meet us there. We come to church because it's a religious regimen and it's a thing we do. And we want to get our ticket punched to heaven when we die and have a place for our kids to get married and the old folks to get buried. But we don't have an expectation that God is going to do something. And so we never place a demand on the anointing so we never experience the release of the anointing. But when we begin to come with an expectation that God is going to meet us, we start putting a demand and heaven starts supplying the demand. Does that make sense? If I have no expectation, I never place a demand. If I never place a demand, I never receive the supply. You're right, right. So, so I've got to make a demand to release what's there. I want you to stand with me. I want our musicians to come. It's not the time to leave. It's the time to stand. Come on, right now, stand. Musicians going to come. We're going to pray something very important. In fact, I want everybody to come forward. Come on, would you do that? Just, just come forward. Because I don't want to just talk about this. I want us to begin to do something about this. We're, we're, we're. This is a great church. I love this church. I'm excited to be the pastor of this church. This is an anointed church. It's a Holy Spirit church. It's a, it's a, it's a word-preaching church. It's a faith-releasing church. It's, this is a people-loving church. But I'm going to tell you, God wants to do greater things in our church. Greater things in our church. There's two kinds of anointings that I'll explain in depth next week. One is personal. Every one of us, personal anointing. You understand that? Aren't you thankful you can have a personal anointing? You don't have to be here for the power of God to work in your life. Man, I'm thankful for that. That's good news, isn't it? It's good news that, that wherever you are, you don't have to get a hold of, you know, oh, I, I need pastor to lay hands on me. No, no. 
I'm glad to do that. But you have the hand of God on you. I'm glad when Joel's in Zambia, God was in Zambia, huh? You see what I'm saying? Personal anointing. Out in the middle of the jungle. But there's something else. A corporate anointing. And when we begin to have an understanding of a corporate anointing, you understand? The level begins to rise. The expectation. See, it's like a, you ever heard of a vicious cycle? You do this bad thing, it creates that bad thing, creates that bad thing. Well, this is a victorious cycle. So, so, see, we begin to have an expectation, and our expectation causes us to begin to make a demand, and our demand begins to release more of the Holy Spirit in our life, and so we have a greater expectation, and we dare to make a greater demand, and God's happy to give a greater supply, and we make a greater expectation, and He has, a, we make a greater demand, and He's happy to supply, and this thing begins to build. It's kind of like, you, you ever, you ever notice the dams on the Tennessee River? When, when that, when that tug, that barge wants to come through, what do they do? How do you get how do you get that bar? On one side of the dam, the water is this low. You ever watch that? On the other side, it's this high. Now that, that we got some problems here because the boat's down here and the river's over here. All you gotta do is make a demand. And as the demand, the supply comes, it lifts that boat right up and it goes right in that other place. See, you and I are standing in front of a, 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 a dam and on the other side of that is more anointing than you could ever dream or ask for in your life. But you got to make a demand. And here's the good news. See, with the corporate anointing, I want you to get this. With the corporate anointing, the rising level lifts all the ships. You got that? When the water level goes up, everybody goes up. Woo! Corporate anointing. Corporate anointing. Guys, I want us to begin to pray for two things. God, I want an anointing in my life. God, I want to begin to live above and beyond myself. I want to begin to have an expectation to see you show up in my life. God, and, and I pray for my church family that as all these personal anointings begin to get together, come on, uh, some, some, this corporate anointing grows. Let's pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I ask that you begin to give us hunger for the anointing of the Holy Spirit, a hunger for the supernatural power of God. And Father God, and by the authority of, of your name and, and this church and, and as a pastor, God, I, I decree I don't ask or beg. I decree and release right now a fresh anointing on Calvary Assembly, God. Lord, on every individual person right now, God, I activate and, 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 and release and stir up and, and push out, God, anointing right now. God, we begin to say, open up the heavens, God. Open up the heavens, God. Raise our expectation. Raise our awareness, God. Begin to move in a fresh way, Lord, right now. Right now, right now, right now, right now, Holy Spirit, God. We release an anointing. Church family, it will meet the level of your hunger right now. The level of your hunger, the place of your surrender, will determine the level of your anointing, Father God. Right now, God, stir a hunger in us right now. God, begin to fan a flame in us right now. Holy Spirit, begin to be manifested right now. Release right now. God, begin to stir the water right now, God. Lord, I pray you begin to raise the level. God, begin to raise our expectation. God, I pray we begin to make a demand. God, we begin to ask and make a demand. I want you to lay your hand on someone's shoulder right now. Come on, you need to make a demand right now. You come on, come on, make a demand. I, I, if you've never prayed for anybody before, just say, God, do what you said you'd do. That's all you got to say. Make a demand right now, God.
right now, God, on this family of believers, God, make a demand, make a demand. God, we ask you right now, a new anointing, a new surrender, a new flow of the Holy Spirit right now, God. We receive it in the name of Jesus. We receive it in the name of Jesus. Lord, this isn't just church stuff. It isn't just Sunday stuff. It's life stuff, God. Lifestyle. 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 God, we pray for this right now, God. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, begin to release and stir up and release and fan into flame. God, you have greater things for us. Greater things for us, God. Come on, one more time before you go. Just say, Lord, fill me up today. Lord, fill me up today. God, start something today. Come on, say that. God, start something right now. Start something right now. Start something right now. Start something right now, God. Don't let me go back. Don't let me be the same. God, raise my expectation. Raise my expectation. God, open up my faith. God, let me make a demand. God, we thank you right now. We thank you right now. Lord, we praise you right now. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Stir up our faith. Open up heaven over us, God. Thank you for a new level. Thank you for a new level. Thank you for a new level, God, of anointing that's going to lift all the ships. God, I declare a personal anointing, and I declare a corporate anointing on this church family. God, we love you. We thank you. We praise you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Come on, let's thank the Lord for revelation, insight. Thank you, God. 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 Thank you, God.